The Plan with Callahan podcast is brought to you by Kirby Callahan Wealth, a practice of Northeast Planning Associates. Financial planning is hard. Let them make it easy, one step at a time. Financial planning offered through Northeast Planning Associates, a registered investment advisor. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and member FINRA SIPC. Northeast Planning and LPL are not affiliated. Now, on with the show. Let me have your attention for a moment. Because you're talking about what? You're talking about... Mm, Money, money, money. Ah, high finance. (laughs) Bulls, bears, people from Connecticut. That's as good as money, sir. Those are IOUs. I'm Tommy Callahan, Big Tom Callahan's son. You like Huey Lewis on the news? Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Plan with Callahan podcast. I am your host, Ryan Callahan. This is our first show. I'm very excited. We're talking about finance. You're probably driving. That's a very dangerous combination. Therefore, we need to keep the energy. We need to keep you at 10 and 2 and keep your eyes on the prize. This podcast covers all things money and investing, from overall financial planning to specifics such as retirement and retirement benefits, college savings, wealth management, banking, estate planning, and everything in between. If it has to do with money, we talk about it. Two seconds on myself, who I am and what I do. Who I am, well, I'm a husband to a loving wife, father of three beautiful boys, and a gorgeous bulldog named Luciana. And I will have my vengeance. I love sports. You will learn about the biggest little program in the Northeast known as the Bryant University Bulldogs. I also love to cook, play some golf, and have fun with my family and friends. What I do, I'm a certified financial planner, certified investment management analyst, and a certified planned fiduciary advisor. All that means is I help individuals, families, and business owners with their finances. Now, I know that there are hundreds of financial planning and business podcasts that are available to you, so I can't thank you enough for choosing to spend some of your invaluable time with me. This show is going to be a living, breathing thing. This being the first episode, I'm going to be discussing topics that I think you may find interesting. However, the only way that I'll know I'll be discussing topics of interest is if you submit your questions. So please, check out our website, kirbycallahanwealth.com. It'll have all of our contact information. You can also email me directly with your questions at ryan.callahan at lpl.com. So what are we going to discuss today? Well, I hate to be a downer on the first episode, but I want to focus on a recent story that has certainly captured the country, especially those in the sports world, and relate it to some housekeeping issues regarding your personal finances. First off, thoughts and prayers to DeMar Hamlin and his family. For those of you that are not familiar with this story, DeMar Hamlin is the starting safety for the Buffalo Bills, and a few weeks ago on Monday Night Football, Mr. Hamlin made a routine tackle and then collapsed moments after requiring nine minutes of CPR before being rushed to the hospital and being admitted to the ICU. Now, at the time, 
The situation was looking dire, but fortunately, as we record this show, Mr. Hamlin has been released, is back in Buffalo, and has already had the uh, ability to visit his teammates uh, and, and obviously his family. A truly shocking situation. Now, how does this relate to personal finance? Well, the discussion in sports media for the last few weeks has included questions about the quality of the NFLPA benefits. Now, for any of you Patriots fans out there, here's former Patriots wide receiver Dante Stallworth discussing the vesting schedule of the NFL. DeMar Hamlin was only in his second year. He is not a vested player. To be vested, you have to play, I believe it's three years plus three games. So essentially, you have to be in your fourth year and play three games to become vested. Uh, you have to play uh, three games in three years to receive a pension. You also have to play three years and three games to receive the five years of uh, health care that the NFL, uh, that the NFL uh, gives to players after they retired. So he has not... He's not, he has not uh, been a vested player, so it, it'll, it, there's a lot of things that are at play here. Um, unfortunately for the NFL, for the NFL players, uh, that, that is something that can't be changed, I guess, until the new collective bargaining agreement, which they just had one last year or the year before. For today's episode, I'm not going to get into the political side of sports and collective bargaining agreements, but I just think this story brings up a valid question. Do you have your affairs in order? Regarding Mr. Hamlin, I have no idea what his personal financial situation is. It says he's in the second year of his rookie contract that was worth up to $3.6 million. The Bills are certainly taking the high road here, and they've come to a deal with the NFL that they will pay Mr. Hamlin his full salary despite being placed on injured reserve. The road that Mr. Hamlin faces may be a very difficult one. The only information that's come out over the last few weeks has, again, been that he's been discharged and he's had the ability to see his family and his teammates. But in terms of ongoing therapy, I have no idea. So let's put yourself in your own shoes here for a second. What if something like this happened to you, but you became disabled? Let's look at some statistics. When you look at some statistics regarding life insurance and disability insurance, it's extremely disconcerting. About 52% of Americans have life insurance. I don't want to patronize the audience, but life insurance is something that you get that will pay a benefit when you die. It's usually purchased by people that have debts that they need covered if they were to predecease. Could be a mortgage, future income, college savings for children, etc. Most people that do have life insurance it's coming through group benefits from their employer. There are obviously a good number of that 52% that have their own life insurance through an individual policy, but a majority of the 52%, they do not have their own personal life insurance. Getting to our example regarding something happening to you, but you survive and become disabled, let's talk about disability insurance. Only 26% of Americans have disability insurance. Again, that's either through a group plan or through an individual policy. That's half compared to those that have life insurance. Now, what are the odds that you're going to die versus becoming disabled? Here are the statistics. One in seven people will suffer from a long-term disability lasting five years or more before they turn age 65. The chances of a 20-year-old having a disability lasting six, uh, six months excuse me, or more before the age of 67 is 30%. Meanwhile, the chance of a 20-year-old dying before the age of 65 is only 17%. So again, most Americans are underinsured for an event that's more likely to happen. That's a problem. 
So let's go through the worst case scenario. What happens to you if you don't have any disability insurance whatsoever? Well, you would have to apply for what's called SSDI, Social Security Disability Insurance. Talk about a wonderful process. If you get approved, you'll need to be on SSDI for over two years before you become eligible for Medicare, better known as health insurance for the elderly or disabled. This is a massive issue. So again, do you have your affairs in order? If the answer is no, or I don't think so, the public service announcement for the day is to get them in order. As I mentioned before, most people, if they have life insurance or disability insurance, they're getting it through group benefits. Hey, it's better to have something as opposed to nothing, right? But what's the issue? How much benefit are you getting and can you take it with you? Well, let's start with the last question first. No. No, you cannot take group benefits with you. Now, I know there are some people listening to this podcast and screaming, well, yes, I have group Medicare that I get when I'm 65. What you're getting is a group rate for an individual health policy. It doesn't mean you're walking away with life insurance or disability insurance. If you have a life insurance policy through group benefits, that's great. You'll have it while you're employed. But as soon as you leave, those benefits are gone. So again, let's put yourself in your own shoes for a second. Let's say you're 35 years old, you're married, and you just had a kid. You work at your company for another 20 years, but unfortunately now you're 55, and let's say you lose your job. Your kid is 20 years old, they could be in college, and you need life insurance and disability insurance. Well, depending on your health over the last 20 years, you may have to pay a significantly higher premium for the same level of insurance you were receiving through the group benefits, or you may not even be insurable. The same issue obviously goes for disability insurance. So here's the point that I'm trying to make. Group benefits are great. They're a wonderful supplement, and I can't emphasize the word supplement enough. Even if you have group benefits, you need to consider how much is being covered and if it makes sense to purchase your own policy. Most group life insurance benefits are only covering one year's salary. And with the average salary in the United States being $54,000 a year, for most families, that's not going to be enough to replace years of lost income. As for disability insurance, if it's a short-term disability policy, it's only going to pay out benefits for a year. There are long-term policies that can pay for five years or pay until you reach age 65, but depending on your line of work, your financial situation, and personal responsibilities, you may be underinsured for disability as well. So as the saying goes, let's let what happened to Mr. Hamlin be a lesson. As soon as something happens on a national scale, it starts to wake everybody up. But then the dust settles and everyone goes back to doing what they were doing before. Without belaboring this point too much, if you have questions regarding long-term care or other topics regarding life disability insurance, I'll make sure to share my thoughts on another episode. I don't want to depress you too much here on the inaugural show. But all kidding aside, this is the part of my job where I tell my clients every day, I'm no good to you if I'm not honest with you. And unfortunately, when it comes to financial planning, you're often planning for the bad just as often, if not more so, as you're trying to plan for the good. So transitioning uh, to the current market and how it's going to be discussed on this podcast, well, let's talk about 2023 here for a little bit. If you watch any financial planning programming, you'll know that the outlook for this year is not too rosy when it comes to the market. I'll be the first one to tell you I have no idea exactly where the market is heading over the short term. It's funny because of what I do for a living, the first question people usually ask me is, what do you think of the market? 
My response is always, well, what's your time horizon? The Hall of Fame of market forecasters has no one in it because no one's any good at it. Here's a prime example. Yeah, let me say this about this. I made a mistake here. I was wrong. I trusted this management team. That was ill-advised. Hubris here is extraordinary. And I apologize. Okay. Um, what did you get wrong? I had a, a belief that there was a recognition that there is a amount that you can't spend. Contrast that, for instance, with Jim Farley, who took a project that was his, Argo, and closed it because it was not ready. It was not near enough. This situation is almost a rogue situation. I had thought there would be an understanding that you just can't spend and spend right through your free cash flow, uh, that there had to be some level of discipline, and I didn't get it. But, David, what did I get wrong? I, I trusted them, not myself. For that, I regret. Okay. I've been in this business for 40 years, and I did a bad job. I'm Look, not proud. You're not, not alone. Proud. You're not alone, Jim. Uh, Morgan. Now that's CNBC Jim Cramer literally crying over his missed call on Metastock. Short-term market predictors are worse than meteorologists. Unless you're working in San Diego and you can wake up every day and predict the weather's going to be nice, this isn't for you. So when it comes to short-term forecasts, it's really not going to be a focus for this podcast. I think there's value in focusing on being smart enough to know that you have no control over the short term. 2020 is a prime example. If I told you on January 1st of 2020 that we're gonna start the year with the assassination of an Iranian general and concerns of a war with Iran, then we're gonna enter a pandemic that would force a global economic shutdown followed up by one of the most polarizing elections in this country's history, I doubt you would have wanted to invest a dime in 2020. Well, guess what? The S&P 500 ended 2020 up over 18%. So I'll say it for the second time and the last time, no short-term predictions. And Jimmy Two Times, who got that nickname because he said everything twice, like... I'm going to go get the papers, get the papers. When it comes to long-term investing, we can let history be a guide. Even though past performance is not indicative of future return, history does have a tendency to rhyme a little bit. And that's where I've been a student my whole career. The longer the time horizon, the higher the probability of success, and that continues to increase. There's really three questions you have to ask yourself, and this will be a common theme throughout this podcast. Number one, who's the money for? Is it for you? Is it for your family? What's the money for? Is it for a short-term, large purchase? Is it for retirement? And most importantly, when do you need it? Do you need it a year from now, 10 years from now, 25 years from now? If you can answer those three questions, you'll know how to invest. Now, we're dealing with a difficult situation, like we always are. This year, we're already starting mass layoffs. We have continued inflation, high interest rates, and always geopolitical tensions. Let's talk about high interest rates for a second. Not ideal if you're looking to borrow. But on the flip side, these are the highest short-term rates we've seen in almost 15 years. So building out a strategy and a financial plan continues to be essential when it comes to your personal finances. We're going to talk about 
planning, the economy, maybe even sprinkle some guests throughout this podcast. The world really is our oyster. I'd like to end today's show where I started in saying thank you. I'm looking forward to this journey and providing you with nuggets of information that will hopefully have a positive impact on your life. Please don't forget to hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, tell your family, tell your friends, get them on board with the Plan With Callahan podcast. Always remember, avoid the noise, stay on your plan, and never stop learning. Until next time, folks, take care.